1: Yes. Yes. Welcome in for another edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Here live from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I'm your host Tim McKernan, alongside the great John Seymour, better known as the Sea Monster, uh, here on the program. Uh, and this is this is kind of part two of our experimentation uh, this week with uh, a couple of new uh, shows that we're going to do, and we'll see how they see how they do, and if they don't do well, then then we adjust, uh, but uh, it's the Sea Monster's idea, and I follow the Sea Monster just like you follow the Force in Star Wars. He, he knows what he's doing, so every Monday, we'll continue to have our uh, big-name guest from the world of sports, politics, entertainment, whatever the case might be, uh, and maybe big name's not fair. I think we've delivered on that for the most part, but... Uh, but guest of interest, at the very least, if you're into one of the three sports politics, I would like to think guest of interest is fair to say. And certainly there have been some big names in that um, under that umbrella. Uh, and then questions from the audience with uh, me, Iggy, and uh, the Plowboy, my uh, cohorts from the morning drive show I do here in St. Louis, the Ryan Kelly Morning After, uh, actually has been uh, way more well-received than I ever anticipated and, uh, and, and has been listened to like crazy. So we're able to monitor instant feedback by the number of times these things are downloaded and, uh, boy, that thing got a lot of response. So we certainly will uh, continue that. And as I always say, please make sure that you, uh, send me feedback, like it, uh, recommendations, feedback, whatever the one thing I've noticed, though, I do have to tell you before I lay the foundation for what we're going to do here in this episode, I'm getting guest recommendations, and a lot of them are, are really good and helpful, and it gives me an idea of what people want to hear. And I like that. And certainly, with a producer, the caliber of uh, the Sea Monster, it becomes reality. However, the Sea Monster, for as good as he is, he's probably not going to be able to, to get Bill Maher to fly in and sit down with me or Neil deGrasse Tyson. So, I, some of these ha- are kind of getting into a range of being a little aggressive. Uh, and unrealistic. So if we can stay within the realm of reality on the recommendations, like I doubt Donald Trump's going to stop by Kirkwood and, and sit down with me, uh, you know, that, 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 would be, that would be ideal. But hey, you know what? Uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So feel free to send your suggestions in uh, and appreciate that. And I certainly appreciate the feedback as well. I really do legitimately. And I think I've responded to damn near every email that I've gotten uh, on feedback, positive, negative, whatever the case might be. Uh, team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. One of the things people have said is they want the, the shows to be longer. And with the guests, I'm very conscientious of their time. And so, for example, with Clay Travis, he said, listen, I got about 30 minutes. We went 40 with him. the um, Cardinal President of Baseball Operations, said something along the lines of 45. So sometimes it's not our control. But with the Plowboy and with Iggy, we went uh, a good amount of time here. And and with our uh, final piece, to the puzzle here for our second month of the Tim McKernan show, uh, the Seamaster said, you know, there are a lot of people in the audience, especially of the radio show, uh, who either really love or hate my longtime producer who's the producer of the radio show 2004 through 2013 producer Joe. Uh, and then there were a number of people who may know nothing about the radio show who said, oh, I love the podcast. I know you like gambling. I would be interested in a gambling podcast. So we're, we're serving both masters here by bringing you producer Joe and sports gambling slash daily fantasy talk uh, with uh, with uh, picking and groaning, picking and groaning, uh, a, a cutesy little radio term uh, as opposed to pissing and moaning. Because Producer Joe, we're picking games and then he's bitching about things. And that's essentially what goes on with uh, picking and groaning. And you get to hear from Producer Joe once a week, every Friday. So you have the interview on Monday. You'll have uh, Iggy, Plowboy, and myself taking questions from the audience. Submit those. Anything is welcome. Seriously, you heard Iggy answer some really strange shit, so you know anything is welcome. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Submit them. I put them in a file. If we decide we want to go with them, there they are. If not, nothing personal. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, feel free to send them in, and who knows, maybe we'll answer them, and uh, and you will, of course, win nothing, but uh, your your question will be answered on the program. And then on Fridays, producer Joe and I We'll do picking and groaning. So what we do there, producer Joe uh, wagers on soccer. Now, from my standpoint, the only thing he does is bets overs, which is not necessarily a winning strategy. Although when I did follow him on his plays, it was profitable. So I said, Joe, I'd like some soccer plays. And he delivered those. So you'll hear those coming up. So even if you don't follow uh the game over uh in uh, Europe and in particular Joe's always on uh you know the uh the games uh mainly like Manchester United Manchester City Chelsea Arsenal you know that that's where I think the action is uh this week and if I'm not mistaken uh that that you don't have to know about it. if you got a guy who's successful with it it's like having a broker just go ahead and and invest so uh, that's my strategy on it because I know nothing about Uh, These teams, but uh, producer Joe has been good. So there you go. You'll hear that plus uh, Joe and I talk college football playoff who we think will be there when it's all said and done, at least as far as where the rankings are right now, in particular with uh, Notre Dame and Georgia. And then also uh, six games that we both pick plus locks of the week. And we give our confidence rating on the plays as well. Also fantasy football trade discussion and daily fantasy, uh, which game that we think will be the one that will pop this weekend. Uh, and be the play to make on your Daily Fantasy site. So all of that is coming your way uh, here on Picking and Groaning with me and producer Joe making a glorious, glorious return uh, to the show, albeit not the morning after, but the Tim McKernan Show, which of course is coming to you from the thehomelonexpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly is the home loan expert, and Ryan Kelly is the person to call if and when the time comes for you to buy a home, or if and when the time comes for you to refinance. His number is 1-800-991-6494. That is, again, 1-800-991-6494. And he's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. People don't realize how much money is just sitting there waiting to be saved by simply going online and entering in, It's some very simple information. You know it right off the top of your head. It's right there for you. And then you go, oh, my God, look how much I'm saving. Plus, here's a a person and here's a company that has been growing, uh, not just in St. Louis, where it certainly has, but uh, throughout a number of cities. And that's because he does things the right way and his staff is second to none. And as I said, uh, I do business with them. My my, uh, sister was uh, buying a home last year. It was instantaneous. That's who we uh, made sure that she did business with. So I can recommend Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Expert team to you wholeheartedly. They're online at thehomeloanexpert.com. If you like the podcast, uh, A, please make sure you're supporting the sponsors you hear on the podcast. That is just A, number one, always. And B, uh, give the podcast a review on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, uh, whatever, wherever you are, if you're listening to it on InsideSTL.com, uh, it helps the cause. And uh, and we appreciate when you take the time to do that. It's allowed us to, to bring you some long form interviews with people um, who otherwise we wouldn't be able to, to do that with on radio because you're not able to go an hour and a half with an interview on radio. Uh, and oftentimes we're, we're doing these face we to face and we're we able to, I think, get better stuff uh, in doing that. So support the sponsors, make sure... Uh, that you do. Gateway Buick GMC is another great sponsor of this podcast. Uh, for those of you in the St. Louis area, they're at I-270 and McDonnell Boulevard. They're online at stlouisbuickgmc.com. Uh, I think I can go back six years, been getting cars from Gateway Buick GMC, whether it be for myself or my wife or both. Uh, they're at I-270 McDonald Boulevard. and You can pick cars now. The 2018s are out online at stlouisbuickgmc.com. Pick out what's there, whether it be new and you want to specify or used and what they have right there, an incredible selection, plus 38 service bays to take care of you. It's Gateway Buick GMC online at stlouisbuickgmc.com and right there at I-270. And McDonald Boulevard. So the thing about this is, and this is where Joe and I start. And we, and we and hell, you, you hear the sea master call, and we just immediately go into it. So there's, there's, a, there's no small talk on this. But we start by talking about Game Seven of the World Series, which turned out to be an absolute debacle. And I didn't know it was a debacle for him. It was a debacle for me because I made the mistake. But now we're going to do this every week with these picks of being public. Uh, with a play that I loved and then it's the absolute worst when you talk about a play that you love and then it doesn't hit and then you're just blowing in the wind, taking shit, but Hey, uh, you know, I got to own it. And then I wound up on top of it. wagering with listeners. Uh, and so I lost some money there as well. Just an absolute disaster, but the game was five to nothing through an inning and a half. The Dodgers are putting runners on left and right. And the over/under was only nine and a half. And I'm going, oh my God! I can't believe how good this is. And uh, then it went up to ten and a half, and I bet that as well. And and we didn't even get a sweat. And usually, if you love a game, at least you're going to get a sweat. I don't know if you'd rather have what happened in Game Seven, where you don't get a sweat and you're just kind of put to sleep, or if you have your heart ripped out and there's a runner at third with you know less than two outs and he doesn't score and then you lose that way. Uh, but either way, we lost. Joe bet seven and a half before the game. I bet nine and a half, and then I bet ten and a half, and I loved it, and wound up losing. So this weekend, I am in full bounce back mode, um, and there are some games that I really do like, and we go through those both at the college level and at the NFL level as well. Plus, you got producer Joe in his soccer play. So all of that is coming up. It's picks and groans, or picking and groaning, with producer Joe here on the Tim McKernan show. This is Joe. Hey, producer Jones, he doing? Hi. Uh, it's time for picking and groaning with producer Joe. Do you like that term? Do you like that? Because a play on pissing and moaning. I like it. Do you like it? Pissing and moaning. Is it picking and moaning? Picking and moaning. Uh, picking and groaning. Uh, sure. I, I'm I like good. Care. Yeah. I don't really care. I be I'm, sure though, I'm
0: sure there'll be something that uh, I can I can bitch and moan about.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm looking for too. I'm I, I know I can find those things.
0: Uh, All right. Oh, I, I have it from last night.
1: I mean, what's that? What, what do you got last night?
0: Oh, I had I had the over uh, at the start. Seven and a half felt so good at five nothing in the second inning.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly the the source of my consternation. Was I live bet? But see, you're not on the TMA fan page. So are Uh, you? Are you aware of my post, or did somebody let you know, or you just totally bet the over just because you bet overs all the time anyway?
0: Uh, No, I, I bet the over because I had zero faith in Darvish. Yeah, and. I, uh, I I looked at it seven and a half, and runs had been scored, you know, fairly often, obviously in the series as it was, and it was just, hey, seven and a half, you know, minus one ten. I mean, it was it was essentially a pick'em at seven and a half, and I, I I said, ah, there's there's some value in that, and what two nothing after the first inning, three nothing after the second inning, no five nothing, maybe that, it was
1: five nothing. after I mean,
0: the I, second that's, 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 that, yeah, that's I said, yeah, I yeah, so two and then three runs and. Uh, at the same time, it wasn't like the Dodgers weren't getting on base. That I just felt like there was opportunities for them to score because what McCullers couldn't control a fastball, and, and and couldn't control you know anything really. I mean, you hit four guys and still don't give up any runs. I don't know. And then the sixth inning came around and the Dodgers do score their one run, and so now you're just you're playing the game like, hey, get somebody on in a two-run home run. It's five-three. Maybe the Astros pucker a little bit. It's still five-three. And yeah. That
1: uh, it it never came home. Well, the, 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 your your discussion on this game, which I actually didn't have in my uh, my itinerary for the uh, the broadcast here, but it, it, it focuses on the the philosophical discussion I had to have with myself as to whether or not I even wanted to do this, because as you know from making picks and putting them on Twitter. And as your uh, co host from Nick and the Badger, Charlie Marlowe, has said, and as I have said, when you post a pick on social media, it's a zero upside play. And if you're wrong, all hell breaks loose. And I felt so strongly, so this was a live bet, that it, when the Dodgers had two on, and I think nobody out in the bottom of the second, the over under was at nine. The over under was at nine and a half after the first inning, and it was at 10 and a half. After huh. the second inning, not even after the second inning, it's still the bottom of the second inning. There's two on, there's nobody out, and it's at 10 and a half. And I actually posted on the TMA fan page, which I know you're not on, you're not on Facebook. And I and I actually said, I hate making posts like this. I don't even know if I've done it all of 2017, but I'm looking at this and I think there is so much value in betting, not only the seven and a half uh, that you got pregame, the nine and a half that I got after the first inning, and now ten and a half—only ten and a half—in uh, the second inning, that or maybe it was the bottom of the third. Either way, you're already at five runs, and the Dodgers had two on. That it was—it was as good of a play as I've seen in 2017 for my money. That's as, as good of a play as I've seen, and I'm—I realize that's prisoner of the moment, sports talk radio exaggeration, but I truly felt that way. And a couple of people, to their credit. Because in the moment, it wasn't, you know, afterwards going, oh, you got it wrong. That crap. In the moment, a couple of people said, I think it's still going to go under. And I said, all right. You want to you want to play for rolls with Venmo? You want to play for rolls on Venmo? And 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 one guy took me up. He didn't want to play for rolls, but he took twenty dollars. He took the under. And another guy, uh, the over at that point was minus one forty on eight and a half. So in fairness, I said, okay, if the under covers, I'll pay you fifty. If the over covers, I'll take thirty-five. So I lost there. I lost online. Uh, another Lister contacted me. and Said, we'll play for a round of golf in two thousand eighteen. I mean, I got shipped. And usually when you're so confident in a play, usually you at least have a sweat. I didn't even have a sweat. Now, I guess you still had a sweat because your number was seven and a half and it was five to one. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, it was, and the thing is, you take me back to that moment when I made the live bets, I would do it again for the exact same reasons as you. Well, you did it based on Darvish sucking. I did it based on guys pitching on short rest and the offense is being so good.
0: Yeah, you know that, that. That was the thing, though. Was, was looking at it was, hey, look, bullpens have not been good, uh, and you know, yeah. In, in hindsight, when you see that you know McCullers doesn't get through three innings, that now they now the Astros have to stretch their bullpen. So like, even when it was you know it's five nothing, and the, the Dodgers are still putting guys on base, that I. I I never for a million years thought I wasn't going to, to cover, you know, it just, it never crossed my mind. And then you just start, watch, you know, it's dumb, but you start watching the innings just go up and up and up. And then you start thinking about it. Like, Holy cow, this isn't going to get home. And well, yeah, it, it never got there. Yeah. I, but, yeah, I, 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 I I'd make the wager 100 times again, Yeah, you know, I, I, based, I, on, uh, based on the way I, I, I looked at it.
1: Trying to think of other games, because I've, I've been very uh, hot lately, but total kind of tilting hot. I mean, I'm profitable, but uh, hitting f- like five out of six games where I just throw like a small amount on a parlay, and then I'll like Ohio State, for example, I hit the first five games and then Ohio State didn't cover. Uh, there was another one. I can't remember what it was. Uh, so I'm winning the majority of my plays, but not making as much as I... Should be, and going back, I would I would make the Ohio State play again, but I certainly wouldn't put it at the confidence level that I put on this one. That does not happen that often. I was sitting there, I said, Anna Marie, I said, I got to tell you something, woman. I gotta, I gotta go on this thing. This is a, this is this is gold. I can't believe the number is only ten and a half. And keep in mind, if one of the Dodgers would have gotten on ahead of Kershaw, he would have been gone after the fourth inning. So the fact that he wound up pitching four innings and through the sixth was a. Uh, was kind of a bad beat as well. But at the same time, you're going, well, Kershaw threw on Sunday night, so how good is he going to be? mm mm-hmm. uh, it, it, That was a, that was a rough you, one.
0: Did you, uh, this past Saturday, see, I was on Penn State. I know. And uh, I liked it, not that I thought Penn State would win outright, but, I, you know, I liked the number at 7.5. And, and I didn't look. I was in the middle of watching Georgia and that game at the same time. um but did you ever look at a live betting number on, uh, like a money line number on Ohio State on Saturday at all during the first half and heck into the third quarter?
1: I don't believe I did. I don't believe I did. I immediately looked at the live betting number for the Dodgers when they fell behind five nothing because I figured there was value on that. Um, yeah. And I think and now that I think about it, I did throw twenty five bucks on that. And I and I think I threw twenty five bucks on it. Was a plus four seventy five? But in. Okay. It got to a point where it was plus 750, and I think that was maybe in the fifth inning. But yeah, Ohio State, I know what you're saying. To, 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 yeah. the, the, when, when teams jump out, especially on the road, with two mm-hmm. quick scores, there's a great amount of value, in my opinion. I, I, I'm sure there's data on this to prove it one way or the other, but there's great amount of value. On the home team, if that home team is a high caliber team as well. so I agree with you 100. percent I think I was working out when that game started, so I wasn't monitoring right. it but if I would been sitting on my couch, I would have probably thrown like 25 or fifty bucks on Ohio State right then because it was I would yeah. I would guess though honestly, for as much as we think it would have switched to like plus 300 or something like that. I bet it was probably only like plus 175 to plus 200 if I if I had to guess you know I,
0: I'm, I'm guessing somewhere on my bookie you might be able to track live swings and where things are. I'd be interested to see. Because, it, you know, the, the thing with it there where I think it may have gotten up into the 375-400 the range is that it, they are still playing Penn State. It wasn't like Rutgers got up, you know, 14-3 to three yeah. or whatever on them. It was, still, it was still a very, very good team that I would think that there would be a little bit more value than, than what you might have been looking at. I'd be, I, I, I would be interested to see what it would have gotten to. Uh, you know, because, you know, yeah, that would That, would time, it's, that would, it's not that like would an kill. NFL game. You know, like, it's not, it's different than, like, an NFL game. I don't think the swings are super significant in NFL games because there's not the, the, the necessary urgency for those teams to have to win. But for, like, Ohio, State that has already lost once to Oklahoma, another loss, and they're not going to be making it to a college football playoff, that I do think that there's a little bit more urgency in those teams, too, to, to fight and get back into games.
1: And I just put so much value, and maybe I'm overvaluing it. I don't know. Maybe it's a square thing, but... Uh... On the home field in those huge games, I just, I just do. That's why I, as much as I would love as a, uh, as a wonderful Irish Catholic to see Notre Dame get to the college football playoff, they've got, if I'm not mistaken, they got to go to uh, Miami and they got to go to Palo Alto, correct? Correct. Uh, and, and they've uh, got
0: Navy in between
1: them. And I just, I just think that they're going to get tripped up. I'd love to see it not happen. Uh, I know you don't feel the same way, but I'd love to see them in the college football playoff. But I just well, no. like you do want to see them in there. You know,
0: Yes, I do. Well, no, 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 I want to see them win out because, you know, I feel like, and, and Georgia has the toughest remaining schedule of all the teams, that they've got a 6-2 and two South Carolina team, they've got a 6-2 and two Auburn team, they've got a 6-2 and two Kentucky team, and then they've got a rivalry game against 4-3 and three currently, Georgia Tech. So if they're able to win out down the stretch there, granted it's not going to be top 25 wins outside of maybe Auburn, that... Their, at least their strength of schedule would stay strong if Notre Dame wins out, too. Yeah. Because they're going to end up in an SEC championship game against uh, against Alabama, more likely than not. And even with that one loss,
1: they, their
0: strength of schedule is still going to be there. And if you start looking through like the current roughly top ten teams in college football uh, w- with the college football playoff, at this time right now, Georgia has two wins over teams that are in the top 25 with Notre Dame and Mississippi State. Alabama doesn't have any. Now, Alabama closes strong. But right now, Notre Dame's got more wins over top 25 teams than anybody else, and they've got the loss to the number one team.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, when you take a look at uh, Notre Dame, I wasn't expecting them to even be in the discussion this year, and, uh, and yet here they are. Did you agree with the rankings announced this week on the college football playoff?
0: Yeah, I did. I, I, and it really does come down to the fact that Alabama still hasn't beaten a top 25 team. Now the names look good when you start looking through it. In theory, that Texas A&M and Florida State, that those are good names. But Florida State's not any good, and Texas A&M is what they are. You know, a coach who's going to fight for his job through the end of the year, but they haven't beaten any top 25 team yet. But like I said, you close with LSU this weekend and Mississippi State. They got one more layup with Mercer, and then they close with in the Iron Bowl with Auburn. That I thought Georgia should be one. Um, I like the fact that Alabama does have something to continue to play for because I just think it's fun to watch that way. Notre Dame wins out. They're going to get in. I mean, that's really the way it lays out. Clemson's is odd to me that, you know, their loss to Syracuse that at the same time their top 25 wins, you know, throughout the course of the season isn't super significant. Virginia Tech and Auburn, you know, they did beat Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech is undefeated against the spread this year, by the way. Oh, good now. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's only two teams in the country that are undefeated against the spread. Georgia Tech's one of them. Do you know the other one?
1: Uh, I would assume it's Missouri.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. It is not Missouri. Hmm. It is a team that resides in the state of Florida, though. First Miami? year head coach, I believe. No, UCF.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. UCF is 5-0-1. Georgia Tech is 6-0-1 against the spread.
1: That's good, a little piece of knowledge. I know yeah, I know you've been yeah, making yeah. a lot of Georgia Tech overplays on your locks of the week.
0: Uh, I hit one two weeks ago. Lost this week against Clemson, but Georgia Tech is my lock of the week against Virginia this week. Um, and you know, it, it, it's it, how are you going to bet against a team that's undefeated against the spread? Is really what it comes down to for me with them.
1: Uh, so you don't subscribe to the they due to not" theory.
0: No, no, you, you are who you are. I think after eight weeks, you've got a pretty good idea who they are, and they still run a gimmicky offense that. It's hard to stop and the other team doesn't see the ball a whole lot there's nothing that would make Paul Johnson happier than having like a 15 play nine and a half minute drive that's it you know if the other team doesn't have the ball it's incredibly hard for them to score especially when your team doesn't throw the ball
1: well we will uh, we'll get to all of the games here and also college football playoff and then uh, some daily fantasy I want to I want to give people my input on uh, but uh, you have hit before and I saw you tweeting about it this past weekend. Soccer play. So even if somebody has zero interest in it, if if you feel like your broker is pointing you in the right direction in the stock, you don't have to have to have interest in the industry if you know it's going to be profitable. So what is what is is there a soccer play? Don't just give me one. Because no. now, now that we're doing a podcast, you will be held accountable for these plays, and the Sea Monster and I will be will be tracking all of our plays, as I'm, as I'm sure you will as well. So no. there's some accountability here. So is there a soccer play or two? And I assume it's some over on a game in England, like at eight in the morning. That's my assumption.
0: It, 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 it's two of them actually.
1: There we go. Um, all right, what do we got?
0: That uh, I went, went one and one this past Saturday, and you mentioned tweeting it out, and the, the minute I yeah, hit were you drinking when you 19- did that?
1: Because that's not. It's usually when you start drinking, is you start just tweeting out bets and like, "Hey, I got a buzz," and it, that's usually
0: no. Later in the day, later in the day, I was feeling really good about life on Saturday, but no, the first one I think I sent out was at six fifteen in the morning. So no, I had not started drinking yeah. yet at that point. But that was uh, the United Spurs game, and I was over the two and a half on that one.
1: Now that hold on a second. Let's, I, I got to speak to the. I got to. I got to cast a wide net. You say United Spurs game is that Manchester that... United and the Tottenham Hot Spurs? Yeah, that,
0: that was this past weekend, though. That's what I was tweeting about. It.
1: Right. And but I'm just, I'm to, I'm just trying to communicate to the audience who doesn't know what United Spurs mean. Oh, so,
0: yeah, yeah. That was uh, Manchester United. And, that, and United you won.
1: lost that one.
0: I did. It was but then it you bounced being back. a 1-0 game. Then, uh, then I went over on the City game. Uh, that, that that's Manchester City. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I went over on that one and, and I hit that one. And who are they so playing? I went, uh, God, I forget. That was, what, five days ago? You'll never and walk I, alone. I, I, uh, no, they weren't playing Liverpool. Liverpool okay. uh, that that they weren't playing. Liverpool. All right, but it does, that's in
1: the past. You went one and one, but you're sure. bullish on your two plays this weekend. What are they? Because I will, I will. I need a bounce. I need a bounce back after losing the listeners and losing online with this damn uh, Dodgers Astros game seven live bet. Over. It's destroying me. I'm gonna have to get a uh, second mortgage.
0: Both of mine are Sundays games and. Uh, both of them involve Manchester teams once again. The first one is the over the three and a half with Arsenal and Manchester City. So it's a, it's a higher number than you'll, yeah, you'll see for soccer games. Most of them are two and a half. But it's the over three and a half there. I have zero faith in Arsenal being able to defend. Um, and no one's stopping Manchester City right now. It just, it's it's clinical the way that they're playing. And they're at home. Um, and the second one now this one is if we're going to start putting confidence ratings in one, I feel yeah, like I have
1: no problem with confidence The first rating.
0: one is about the first one's about a seven and a half. This one's more in the five or six range. And the only thing that worries me is it's it's Jose Mourinho going back to his old club, but it's United and Chelsea. But the total's only two. So the problem is is United haven't given up a goal. They've only given up four all season. They're playing on the road. They haven't given up any home goals. So they are more prone to give up goals on the road. But over two, I just I, I see a lot of value in that. All right, so, Producer uh, Joe's
1: plays here. Over three and a half, Arsenal, Manchester City. And he's got that as a mm-hmm. seven and a half uh, three on the and confidence.
0: A half. Oh, seven and a half confidence stars. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, what do we what do? Because I could have sworn you said seven and a half.
0: Yeah, I thought you were saying the over was seven. No, no, no. Oh, oh, okay,
1: the over, yeah, the over up. three and a half. Yeah, seven <laughs> and a half confidence rating. Yeah, that'd be an aggressive yeah. play. I'd probably move some money on the under just to hedge. Uh, and then over two, Manchester United and Chelsea. And you've got that as yeah. a five to six star in that range yeah. confidence level Tough play. Up, so, yeah. I, all right, I'm going to throw, I'll probably throw, I'll, what I'll do is I'll throw a unit on both those. And those are nice because you can wake up. Uh, yep. and, and and have a little uh, extra in your account to uh, yep. do three-game sweetheart teasers, as I'm prone to do. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: nothing quite like laying a hundred, 130 on a, <laughs> yeah, a, on a four-game 13-pointer.
1: That's the move. All right, so here are our games, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll address some other games that aren't in our games for our Maggie O'Brien's uh, picks of the week on uh, the Ryan Kelly Morning After. And we start with Florida, Missouri. And honestly, even though I know you sent me your picks, I I, mm-hmm. not, I didn't not look intentionally. I just I've been sure. doing stuff the whole time here, so I haven't had a chance to look. Florida at Missouri. Missouri is minus three. Uh, where are you and why?
0: Uh, you know what? And when we sent in the picks, it was before that Florida made the announcement that Malik Zaire is going to start for them this week. Um, it, it's I don't feel good about it. I don't really feel good about picking Missouri. Really, ever actually um
1: I like but, I liked I like w- them a lot the last two weeks against the hand job things UConn and well, Idaho
0: yeah but it, there's there's like Florida an absolute dumpster fire I mean it goes back to even before you know firing you know Jim McElwain and players getting arrested and credit card nonsense like it's it's a really big mess and I I realize that college football is not like the NHL where if you make a change with the head coach magically you're going to go and win five of your next six games types of thing so i don't have a whole lot of confidence in it but no part of me can pick florida and say wow you know a field goal on the road is enough for me to feel good about them being able to cover it i think missouri will be able to score um i don't know if they'll be able to run the ball nearly as successfully as georgia did last week but there's maybe one other team in the country that i can think of that does so it's more of a I don't feel any part of that Florida can win games. That, uh, but I don't feel real confident. Missouri either.
1: I th- I'm going with Florida, and it's it's. You know, we had Chris Doring on the show this week, the uh, former Florida receiver now on the SEC Network, and you know, I talked about Randy Shannon's press conference and how he made he made substantial changes, and he's not just viewing this as okay. I'm kind of in the interim spot. He made substantial changes. And I just, I, I, I subscribe to kind of like I said, I may overvalue home field when it comes to huge showdown games. Um, that I also subscribe to the uptick a team gets after a firing in the middle of a season. And I take that all the way to Major League Baseball, as a matter of fact. Um, and so, therefore, I, I feel like right now there is an overvaluing of Missouri based on. Fraudulent isn't fair, but but based on beating two, t- I mean now all of a sudden like oh Barry Odom maybe he's turning around. Missouri might be a bowl team. I mean they've beaten Missouri State and Idaho and UConn, and if they do win six games, it'll be because the, the, of what they have in the SEC East, and then the, the, their West opponent left is is Arkansas. So I just I just don't buy in, and it seems like the only way they really really move the football is just Drew Locke just dropping back and doing what I used to do in Madden and just throwing Hail Marys every play. And it worked the first couple series against Georgia, but then eventually Georgia's like, okay, you know, that's that. Uh, I just don't think it's going to – I think Florida's going to be on full wake-up call, not to say that they're the second coming, plus you're getting three points. I'm going with Florida, and I do, this is a game I will bet. I'm not just uh, just picking it because it's uh, it's Missouri. I, I am going to bet Florida – uh, and I and I like this uh, play as well. I, I'd like to think uh, I, my my college I think has been pretty good this year. My NFL has been bad, and I'm pretty high on the floor to play.
0: Well, you you know, you don't. I, I understand you're you're subscribing to the idea of new head coach comes in or interim head coach. I also remember Randy Shannon's time at Miami. No, I,
1: know, uh, I know,
0: and and I also look at professionals. I think there's a lot of times that their eyes get open a little bit quicker than an 18 to 22 year old kid. Yeah. That there's some accountability on professionals' end of, hey, look, this guy just lost his job, and a lot of it has to do with us, not necessarily what he
1: was doing. Yeah, but they were all, a lot of the players were tweeting out, bitching about the fact they found out about it on Twitter, and they did because it wasn't done. And I just, sometimes I was curious, you know, granted it's a professional team, but how would the Texans respond this past weekend? And I would say they played a damn good game defensively. They were nowhere there, but nor were the Seahawks. Uh, so when a team is fired up, I think it's a wake up and it gives you some form of motivation that isn't there before. Uh, in other words, I think I probably would have taken Missouri if McElwain were still the coach, but because yeah. of what took place, that's why I'm going with, uh, with Florida and the three points. Our next game, uh, staying in the SEC, LSU on the road, uh, in Tuscaloosa against roll damn Todd. And uh, the number we have to work with here is Roll Damn Todd, minus 21. I truly don't know where you are. My guess is you're taking Roll Damn Todd.
0: No, I I feel disgusting about it because I don't think LSU is very good. And the fact that they've got the ninth, uh, I guess, is ninth best or, you know, I guess it would be the ninth best or the fifth worst uh, rush defense in the SEC. And, you know, Alabama rushes for above, I think, 330 yards a game, which is the best in the SEC that it would lead you to believe that yeah it's gonna be a long afternoon. But 21 is just too much for me to lay in this game. It, it, I I'm I'm on LSU. I don't feel good about it. Uh, much like the Missouri pick, but it's just it's too many points and I don't know. There there's there's something about LSU every once in a while that I, I could see it being, you know, ten to fourteen points without Yeah, much this of a is, at rarely all.
1: do I advocate the sweetheart teaser on Saturdays, but I am all in on the sweetheart teaser on Sundays uh, 10 uh-huh. points can mean the world in the NFL my god especially when you can lower a total down to like 31 uh but uh here is where if i were to employ a sweetheart teaser which for those of you who are not familiar with it uh it's 10 points and you have to pick 3 games and you get to move the spread 10 points and it can be for the total and for the side or the side uh but you're you're minus 130 and all 3 have to hit uh this is one where i i would advocate it because uh i would love Alabama at Anything, uh, you know, like a minus 11 number. Minus 21 is steep. It's probably not a game I would bet, uh, but I would take Alabama. Uh, Reason being, I don't buy into LSU. I recognize traditionally they're a force. I don't buy into LSU. And again, maybe I'm overplaying intangibles and I will be schooled for doing so, but I, I think it benefits those wanting to bet Alabama That they were not ranked number one, even though if I were actually ranking, I would also rank Georgia number one at this point. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I, I would say even though Saban doesn't give a damn, I don't think usually anyway about running up scores, that's why there's that game every September where he's playing a random school and the number's like 47, <laughs> and I always take the other school and he always doesn't cover. I feel like it's an agreement between him and Boosters, hey, here's some free money in <laughs> September, uh, that uh, I, I think that they will do a shipping here. And part of it is, which you made reference to, that run defense of LSU, and that's going up against some pretty lightweight uh, offenses. Uh, they have done that, okay. yeah. So that's why I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Roll Day on minus 21. So we are two opposite picks here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna be on the same one here, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. I didn't know they moved Bedlam up. I thought this was always like uh, right around that Thanksgiving uh, game series. Uh, it's in Stillwater, and Oklahoma State is minus two and a half. Uh, what do you got?
0: Uh, I believe I said Oklahoma, and boy, I hate. Wow, we're going
1: to be on opposites on all three college games. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I should actually – And you, that, and you that, hate that, your – this is the most strange thing. Every time you give your pick, you dislike it. You, you know, you can change your mind here.
0: No, I get it, but I've already sent them to you in the email, and yeah, there's no part fine. of me what that – What does it matter?
1: If you don't well, like it, I don't want to start
0: it. middling between
1: the two picks. Well, you're um, I mean, you doing the same. You're saying, I, here, yeah, I picked it, but I hate it. Well, the game hasn't been played.
0: I hated all the games, too, and I realize that I'm responsible for picking the games that we pick. But you know, I'm I'm trying to look for the best matchups possible, and I, I think I got them this week. Uh, you might have been able to make maybe one more argument for them, but I don't, Oklahoma State doesn't really impress me, and so I realize that it's it's on the road. Um, but I, I I don't like it. I don't like any of the college games that I picked except for my lock. But being able to get two and a half for a team that I think will pr- probably win outright that I'm all right with
1: yeah. it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not. My, my Of the three that you sent, Florida, Missouri, LSU, Alabama, and OU, uh, Oklahoma State, the one that I have the most confidence in and I really actually like is Florida. Um, on this, I, I probably wouldn't wager uh, on this one. Uh, if I did, it would be one anytime Oklahoma State's involved, you just automatically go, oh, what's the I over? Yeah, you just automatically yeah. look at overs, but this is tough because if I want to you know, use the same you know, intangible motivation element, which is really uh, can be fool's gold when it comes to gambling because you're assigning uh, some form of a psychoanalysis to 18- to 22-year-olds, to and that's a high-risk play. Uh, but you could say the same thing about Oklahoma going, wow, we're not in the top four. We lost to a team that beat TCU, and we went to Columbus and beat the team that uh, was number two mm-hmm. in the country and you're going to tell us we're not in the top four at this point, and they might go on on a mission. The issue here is, though, uh, unlike Alabama-LSU, where I think there's a great talent disparity, I don't think there is one, and I think Oklahoma State might actually be uh, the better team. And so, therefore, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, but it's probably not a game I would bet. If I did want to put together a sweetheart teaser on on Saturday, I would lower that over-under to 66.5 from 76.5, on Oklahoma State, but I got to tell you something. That's a high number uh, for this thing. I mean, essentially, you're saying at this point, and, and and that's what the math tells you, is that this is a game. that's going to be uh, high thirties is where Las Vegas has it set, at least. Um, and I don't know if that's if that's going to happen on that one, but I would I would feel comfortable with the um, you know sixty six and a half. Uh, certainly, much more. Than, than a 76.5 play. So there's uh, the value on the sweetheart teaser again, which I don't usually advocate on a Saturday.
0: If you're going to sweetheart it, I'd go four games so you can get 13 points, and I'd pump Oklahoma up to 15.5 and, and then put that total down to, what, 63 at that point? Yeah, that's not that, a bad idea. Uh, that's
1: not a bad idea. And
0: then, then, then probably tear in LSU, give them another 13, bump them up to 34, and then put Georgia Tech, knock 13 off of them, and make them a favorite. And, uh, I'd feel really good about that four gamer, so much so that I'll probably end up playing. Uh,
1: you've just discovered a bet while we were doing the uh program. I did. See, I would I would lower Oklahoma State and then be what plus, uh, eleven and a half. I'm not if my math yeah. is correct. But uh, yeah, I, I just I, I could I could truly see Alabama doing a forty-nine nothing number on LSU. Um, <laughs> I could I could really see that. So that would be too high a risk of a play. So you made reference now multiple times to this Georgia Tech thing, and like I said, since I don't have your picks I don't yeah. even know uh, what the hell we're talking about here outside of that. You really like Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia they Tech. They're my lock of the week. They're they're your play, and as you were saying earlier, they are undefeated against the number this year. Them in Central Florida.
0: They in Central Florida. Paul Johnson and Scott Frost.
1: The uh, number that safe. I have in front of me from the website that we utilize uh, is uh, mm-hmm. Scores and Odds dot com. I don't know what you sent it in as. I got it at nine and a half right That's now. What I had. That's what you had. All right.
0: That's what I had. Nine and a half. Virginia That's, seems to be
1: kind of a hand job operation this year.
0: They were they they came out fast. That uh, what is that Bronco Mendenhall? That uh, that they they came out fast, and then they've they've hit reality. They, they I think they subscribed to that old Missouri scheduling. Of oh. going to hand job teams early, and so you, you look like your your record is good and uh, and then you start playing teams with somewhat of a pulse and you're exposed.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that, that number is at nine and a half that game is in Charlottesville for the record, but that does not concern yep. you, I gather.
0: No, it, it, it's not going to matter when the crowd's bored to death because the triple option just keeps being shoved down Virginia's de- throat. No. There was a game. The last time Georgia Tech won the national championship, uh, it was played in Charlottesville, and uh, Georgia Tech kicked a field goal late in that game and uh, helped propel them to a national championship. I guess that was the 1991 season.
1: We'll they a play split on 1991. With I think that's correct.
0: They, they split it with Nebraska. They ended up winning the uh, Georgia Tech won the Citrus Bowl against Nebraska that year, and uh, yeah, they uh, that was their last national championship.
1: So any, any other games that you considered for your lock of the week that you would also recommend plays on, sir?
0: No, they, my next best bet is always to look at what Georgia State's total ends up being. Because of course, as anybody. we all
1: do. We, look, we all look to what Georgia State's <laughs> up to. What in the hell is that about?
0: Well, you know, they, they, they it's a defense optional school, and uh, they, they are not scared to give up points, yet they can score points themselves.
1: And so you are going – have you looked at this no. number? I'm, I'm like scrolling, no, looking for Georgia State. not something I've ever no. said before. I don't uh,
0: even know if they're playing this week or not, but that's usually my next reaction. I want to see – and I don't like Georgia's number against South Carolina at all. That, you know, that in-between week and they've got Auburn next week, it scares the hell out of me. I don't think they're going to lose to South Carolina, but I don't like any bit of – I think that's sitting at 21 or 24, somewhere in that area. That once I saw it was in the 20s, I, I just, it, it's no longer in my mind whatsoever. I think Georgia's really good, and I don't think South Carolina's nearly close to being a 6-2 team, but I do not like that whatsoever.
1: Uh, so for my lock of the week, we're both, I think, throughout the season uh, at 5-4 and four on our locks. And, That's and, and good, right? And, uh, when, I mean, you'd like mm-hmm. to be around 75%. I know you for you, historically, locks of the week have been uh, a real... Uh, a real issue, but yes. uh, but above five hundred here at this point, uh, and, I, and there have been a lot of them here over the last few weeks, and I and I got banged, and it's my fault for not just saying it because Eddie McVeigh comes on the Ryan Kelly Morning After from Maggie O'Brien's, and I think he just I said all right Eddie your lock of the week, and earlier on in the segment I'd said I love the over on Missouri and Idaho. And then he, I think, because he probably didn't have a lock of the week ready, he goes, "Yeah, I love the lock of the week. My lock of the week is the over I'm Is on. I'm like, oh, well, then I feel like i got to come up with a different one. And mm-hmm. then my parents were going to Green Bay for the Green Bay-New Orleans game. And I know my, I knew my dad, just like you, was betting overs all the time. And so I wanted him <laughs> to see a high-scoring game, even though it sucked for them that Aaron Rodgers was out. And, uh, and so for emotional reasons, I took the over on that game and lost it, even though I would have covered the over on Missouri and Idaho, I think, in the first half. Uh, so I've been looking to Missouri totals. Uh, for my overs and unders a a few times this year. It's 61 this week. Mm. I don't know Mm. on that. I'm not touching it. I I don't because I I, I really could see it being low scoring, but at the same time, Missouri's defense and Missouri's off, they can put up points and they can give up points so damn quickly. I can't can't touch it. Um, So there are a few games that intrigue me, uh, but nothing. So I want to make this clear to those who may be going, okay, what do you guys have that you feel really confident in? As far as college goes, nothing that makes me go, oh, my God, this is this is going to be perfect. So if I have to make a play, if I have to make a play, I'm going to make a play on Georgia, who I know you said earlier you didn't like it. I feel like Georgia is going I, – the South Carolina 6-2 and two thing, I just don't buy into it. I, I, I just don't. Uh, and so I feel like Georgia is in another world – and they're giving up 23 at home. It's a 2:30 game against South Carolina, and I just I'd be surprised if South Carolina scores more than 13 points, and I'd be shocked if Georgia scored less than 37. So from that standpoint, uh, I'm going with the Bulldogs, and I feel I feel pretty good about it. But it's not as good as I felt for like last week. I couldn't believe the Missouri Connecticut over under was at 79 and a half. Now it dropped down to 74 and a half at kickoff. But that was stunning to me. Like I I mean, obviously I don't watch Connecticut, so I didn't know what the hell was going on there. They're not
0: good, right? They had the worst pass defense in the country, right? So I knew Missouri. I figured Missouri would
1: put up fifty something points, but I just did had a tough time believing that Connecticut would be able to put up thirty something points against Missouri. And the number did drop. It makes me wonder if, kind of like Missouri, Kentucky, a few weeks ago, if somebody was betting that number up. Um, but either way, that was, that was one I was very high on Missouri, Idaho over very high on. So from this standpoint, to make it clear, don't get me wrong. I got to own the lock of the week, uh, and my pick, but I'm going with Georgia minus 23, but there just isn't, there are a few that are tempting. I kind of think Arkansas, uh, is going to ship coastal Carolina, but I always hate when I don't know a damn thing about the opposition. I would be solely betting Arkansas, which I might do, but not like at a high level, based on they got a good win last week. They're going to be playing some butt-ass. And Bielma might be in the spot where he's like, my God, I've got to win 60 to nothing. Uh, And so they'll just put it on him. But I don't know on this Coastal Carolina. I'm surprised the number's only 23, which makes me think either Coastal Carolina's a decent random team or there's just zero faith in Las Vegas on Arkansas. If that's the latter, I like Arkansas more. But I don't know about Coastal Carolina. And then I was thinking about Texas A&M getting 15 at home against Auburn, but then we just saw what happened with them against Mississippi State, and I'm wondering if they're kind of in a death spiral mode, uh, because I feel like 15 points in a game that they could win strikes me as pretty attractive. It's an 11 o'clock start. Do uh, you have any thoughts on Auburn and uh, Kevin Someone's group?
0: Uh, no, zero, and, and that's the odd thing is, is in reality... Although Auburn six and two, if they beat Georgia and they beat Alabama, they're going to be playing in, in the SEC championship right, game. Right, because in the their other loss
1: is non-conference.
0: Yes, correct. I mean, they they they, they, they lost to Clemson and they've lost to LSU. So I, I don't know. It's it's hard to get a read on them. And there was a stretch there where it felt all right with them. Texas A and M, though, I, I you said death spiral for them. You know, you lose this game, and all of a sudden you're starting to flirt once again with being just a five hundred team although you're playing in, in a really difficult side, you know, the SEC West and what, the Big Ten East, the two toughest divisions in football. But 15 and a half points just seems like an awful lot of, of, of points to be able to lay in that game if you're Auburn. I, just, I don't see it.
1: I know. That's why I'd be tempted on uh, on that to take a and I just wonder what, what the mindset will be on, uh, on that one. Well, we talked about how important it is to support the sponsors, and that truly is the name of the game when it gets down to it. And uh, one of our sponsors who jumped on board well before we even really, really got things going here with the Tim McCartney Show is James Carlton of the James Carlton Agency. He's a State Farm agent. And I have personally visited the offices uh, and met his staff and saw what he has going on in Webster Groves. And uh, now you get a better idea once you do of why uh, they have won the chairman's circle from State Farm. Uh, Only... Uh, two agencies in the St. Louis area can say that. That's that's telling you a whole lot about the quality. You have to get insurance anyway. You have to do it. Something that's just kind of part of the deal. Well, make sure that you're doing business with James Carlton. Text quote to 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. And one of his incredible team members are going to reach out uh, to you or visit carltoninsurance.net. And James prides himself on so many things when it comes to local because what's going to make him stand out versus, you know, take take your pick of the ones that you see all over the place on television. That's, what's the, what's the difference? Well, you're talking about a guy who is in the St. Louis community and prides himself on giving back to the community. So, for example, uh, coming up on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, everybody who comes through Webster Groves Starbucks uh, from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. is a way to give back to the community. Uh, he will be, uh, posted up at Webster Groves and um, and just taking care of people uh, at the Webster Groves Starbucks the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and treating everyone that comes in from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. is a way to give back to the uh, St. Louis community. And then also on December 16th, they do free gift wrapping. You don't even have to be a customer and encourage people who take them up on that to leave a donation for Cardinal Glennon. That's the kind of business James Carlton is running at the James Carlton agency. Again, text quote to 314-961-4800, 314-961-4800, or go to carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. All right, let's turn our attention to the NFL. Uh, The Rammies, they fight so hard, and they also fight so fine for uh, everybody uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, they are minus four at the Giants this weekend. Producer Joe, I assume you're on the Giants? Uh,
0: no, actually, I took the Rams. And wow, feels...
1: and wow. That's the first time you've done that in like five years.
0: I probably, I, it feels disgusting, but God, the Giants are terrible. <laughs> that You know, I uh, just looking through and, and trying to determine who I think is really good, and in, in all honesty, I don't know if there's a super NFL team this year, because it sure is, isn't the Patriots, because I don't think they can defend anybody. But yeah, although the Giants have won a game, I'm not sure they're better than Cleveland, really. And Cleveland's terrible. That It was just such a low number. It, it, it feels icky to do it, but they had a week off, and I, uh, I did. I, I pulled the trigger on the Rams, and I... I, I I feel
1: dirty. I got to tell you, this is this is not intentional, but it truly is the sure. way I feel. I'm on the Giants, and this is a this is a game that I would bet, and I, and I do. When I look at the Rams, I take the emotion element out of it. Uh, I would disagree with uh, the not that you were being steadfast on it that the, the the Giants and the Browns are in the same realm. I realize mm-hmm. one team has a win and the other doesn't, but the Giants did. Uh, nearly beat philadelphia in philadelphia lost in overtime there they did nearly beat tampa uh... in tampa they lost by two there uh... they did nearly beat the chargers they lost by five after i believe having a lead there later at least it was tied late and uh... they did go to denver granted Denver looks like an absolute disaster right now but they did win in denver uh... and if you didn't have that game in between Uh, the Broncos game and the three I had listed previously in Philadelphia and Tampa and at home against New York, then you'd go, wow, they're actually trending pretty damn well, but then they lost by 17 at home to the Seahawks. Um, So from that standpoint, I think that not only do I like it a lot, uh, just from a football standpoint, when I see that right now the public game of the week and you know how I am on that, the the public game of the week, the Rams 76% right now uh, per the spread.com. Is on the Rams, and uh, so that makes me feel even better about it. So that's a game that I would bet. I would take the Giants plus four, and I would be bullish on it.
0: You know, and my guess is a lot of it is because the Rams have the second best point differential in the NFC, and the Giants have the second worst run or point differential. That uh, what Seattle or Philadelphia is a plus seventy six. The Rams are plus seventy four, and San Francisco happens to be minus eighty six. And uh, the Giants are roughly half of that at minus 44. But I mean, it's it, it is, it's as disparaging as a matchup as you can possibly find outside of the Eagles playing against the 49ers. And. I I can see where, but it was just such a low number, and it feels dirty, and I have zero faith whatsoever in Ben McAdoo and and the Giants.
1: I understand that. to Janoris Jenkins, by the way, uh, getting a chance to play Uh, against his former team. uh, He is suspended. But uh, I will take the Giants plus four, and I do like that for the purpose of those of you listening for wagering consultation. Uh, Falcons uh at Panthers. Panthers are minus two and a half. They're also minus uh, Calvin Benjamin, as he got traded and Cam Newton was none too pleased about it. Uh, where are you on that?
0: I, I'm on the Falcons and more of it has to do with the fact that even though they beat the Bucks last week and, you know, the Bucks were the media darlings of the off season and maybe the hard knocks played into it where, I mean, I, I think they, they in Arizona have the lowest, uh, lowest percentage of covers so far through the first eight weeks in the NFL. The Buccaneers? Um, the Buccaneers, yeah, the Buccaneers, uh, here I've i got the number in front of me. Give me one second. They are at 16.7%. They're 1-5-1 and one against the number, and uh, so they got to the push a game, and Arizona's 1-6 and six against the number for 14.3%. Hmm. Um, I, I don't think the Falcons are, are good, and last week was really ugly against the Jets, um, but I struggle to find the Panthers being able to play back-to-back weeks well. And they didn't play well last week, but they won. There's a, a lack of consistency there um, that the NFC South is probably the most competitive division. I wouldn't say the best, but it's the most competitive so far this year. Um, and the Saints are really, really surprising. But I don't have any faith whatsoever in the Panthers to be able to win you know, back-to-back games, especially inside the division and uh, this time against the Falcons, which is competent. But I just don't think they're really all that good.
1: I I, I, I always... When you're trying to analyze these things, first off, you know I value the public and the uh, uh, the square-slash-sharp uh, uh, big-dollar uh, and, and analytic, and for the record right now, it is, is split right down the middle, 50-50 on Falcons and Panthers. Mm-hmm. And then also looking at the Falcons and in, in their record, but also their losses, and they did have that three-game losing streak when they lost to Buffalo at home, uh, who's actually really, stunningly, Uh, in the spot they're in, in the AFC East, and going out and buying up a player like uh, Benjamin. Uh, They lost against the Dolphins. That's a tough one to understand. Uh, And then they lost in New England. That's not necessarily a tough one to understand. And maybe the ship has been righted against a team that I think has been a punchline but might not be that bad in the New York Jets. And I just feel like the time is right right now for them to right the ship against a team that I would imagine... Uh, is feeling like they just were essentially told their 2017 season's going nowhere by cha- trading away Kelvin Benjamin. So uh, that all leads to me going with the Falcons uh, and getting the two-and-a-half. So we finally have a game in which we're on the same page.
0: Yeah, and you you brought up the Jets. They play tonight against the Bills, and I do think it's going to be a good game. Not in the like slugfest way, but I think it's going to be an entertaining Thursday night game because I think the Bills are good. Uh, and before the season, I don't think anybody thought they would be worth a damn. But I think the Bills are good, and the Jets aren't terrible. So by the time
1: uh, this, this airs, because this will be uh, yeah. re- released on Friday, the game will have been played, yeah. so people will know whether or not you're a soothsayer yeah. or not on the, on what to me looks yeah. like a dreadful, you know, maybe they could have the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars and 49ers show up to watch the game to just make it even worse, <laughs> but I mean, it looks like a dreadful <laughs> Thursday night game.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be entertaining. And Sounds uh, like you're betting I, I the over. Uh no, I don't think I'm, I'm I'm on the bills actually. Uh you and I are in a little league that we play in. Oh yeah, that reminds me I got to uh, make
1: my picks. I think I might be in yeah, last place.
0: I uh, well, if you've made picks every week, at least you have a chance of getting paid out at the end of the year.
1: Though. Ah, sweet. Um, I'll make
0: sure I do. Yeah, that. yeah. That uh no, I I'm on the Bills tonight. That I think they're good. And but I do think tonight's game will be entertaining.
1: Uh so we're both on the Falcons. You're on the Rams, I'm on the Giants, and finally Chiefs at Cowboys. And that is a uh, pick.
0: Yeah, I uh, I love the Chiefs. I, uh, I I love the Chiefs, and it has even if Ezekiel Elliott was playing, I think I'd still love the Chiefs. But I love the Chiefs even more without Zeke because there's no part of me that feels that what Alfred Morris and uh, Darren, Darren McFadden, McFadden are gonna are gonna be able to run. And I think that's what made Dak so good last year. And I'm not you know breaking down X's and O's here, but. It's a lot easier for a rookie quarterback to be really good when you have a great running back. And he doesn't have a great running back now. And if you look back at the beginning of the year when Zeke wasn't going well, Dak wasn't all that great at that time either. So it, uh, it's still a second-year quarterback now playing without the best offensive player on his team. And you're getting it at a pick. I, I, I love the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm really surprised by this number. I'll say that. You know how I am when I'm really surprised by numbers. I oftentimes will then just automatically go with the opposite and, and be totally uh-huh. contrarian. Uh, for the record, for those of you who enjoy uh, the public um, split on this one, 59% of the action is currently on the Chiefs. Uh, it's sure. Sunday afternoon game. I'm. I'm sure people are understandably so. I don't think it's a mistake considering what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and then also, there's there's another thing that I factor in with my wagering and looking at lines and seeing if there's an edge and if there's a prisoner of the moment situation. And a Monday night wow. game oftentimes gives a team uh, prisoner of the moment value. It, it, and it cuts both ways. If they get shipped, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're underdogs in a bigger way. And if they uh, do not get shipped and put on a clinic like the Chiefs did uh, against uh, the Broncos, who've now made a quarterback switch since then, uh, people overvalue them, which is really, but historically, there's a lot of money on the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. I'm going to go with the Cowboys because the line does not make sense to me. I'm surprised <laughs> it's, a, it's a pick. And and when I do that, and I'm essentially in coin flipping mode, plus you do have the short week factor, uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys confidence level wise. Um, I would probably bet it because it strikes me as odd. It's not crazy odd. But if you, if you would have said, all right, we're going to be picking the Chiefs and Cowboys, guess the line. No Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, probably Chiefs, minus would, four. I would have probably guessed three and a half to four. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's odd to me. And you do see fifty nine percent, which again isn't an overwhelming number. I really only start getting worked up about it when you start getting into the seventy five percent. And by the way, seventy five percent is on uh, your Bills this evening. Uh, oh, are they in yeah. New York? Yeah. And that lines at death. Minus three, Buffalo minus three. So uh, I will go with the Cowboys, not jumping up and down about it. But uh, that's where I'm going to go on that one. Uh, You know, producer Joe, we were talking about this on the Ryan Kelly Morning After. uh, The trade that I did uh, in the fantasy uh, league um, in which I received uh, Julio Jones, I received Christian McCaffrey, and I received Delaney Walker. Uh, who has been beat up this year and his status is uh, up in the air for this weekend at questionable and I traded away Jarvis Landry Jimmy Graham and James white who's on a buy Graham's listed as questionable but I don't think he really really is I think he'll play and uh Landry and uh Doug once again was saying uh somebody just wants to ingratiate themselves to me um with uh with a fantasy trade did you have a problem yeah. with a trade?
0: No, I got the email yesterday, uh, the confirmation that it was coming down, and I didn't really bat an eye at it. Um, oh, good! I, I, it, it, didn't, it didn't, didn't move me one way or the other. I'm and losing
1: tight end, uh, New England. Anytime you have a running back from New England, you really don't know what you got. No, I had White
0: earlier in the year,
1: and McCaffrey is, uh, you know, he's a PPR godsend, but yep. he certainly doesn't run for anything. And then, I, you know, you would think that I would win on the wide receiver thing. I don't think the gentleman I'm trading with is under the impression Landry's going to be better than Julio Jones, but he does get a lot of targets, and so for PPR purposes, he does have mm-hmm. uh, some value. And I've had Jarvis Landry on my team the last couple of years, and I've enjoyed that PPR value. So I didn't think it was crazy lopsided, but anytime you see Julio Jones going one direction, uh, that catches people's attention, and then when you see names like... Jarvis Landry and James White being involved, uh, then people go, God, here we go again. But I don't know. I mean, I I feel like it'll certainly help me with Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and Julio Jones as my wide receivers. But uh, Jarvis Landry has some upside that uh, probably doesn't really catch a lot of attention because usually it's a bunch of like 10-yard catches uh, that, that he gets over the middle.
0: I'm in second place in our league, and uh, so any deal that goes down in theory could affect me one way or another. I suppose if you're going to look at it that way. Like I said, I didn't bat an eye. Um, maybe it's Doug's fighting for a playoff position. I guess that
1: maybe well, that he just shipped the Southside Seaman, but he doesn't have Ezekiel L anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not until what? Late December. Uh, mm-hmm. So virtually a non-factor unless Doug gets into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 It doesn't bother me. It didn't affect me, and I didn't see anybody else raise a stink about it, I don't believe. I, there was no messages that were shared like we have in our fantasy baseball league. I right. know that when that happens, something happens in the fantasy baseball league, it's, it's going down really quick. Yeah, well, um, no, 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 and, and, and there is some carryover in this league between you know players in both leagues that I didn't see anything. And uh, I did not hear from my partner and Ibon about it in any way, shape, or form either. And so I'm going to assume that he doesn't have a problem with
1: it so uh, if the final thing that I want to touch on for our uh, picking and groaning here uh, on the program uh, daily fantasy uh, I'm all over draftkings to the point that my year-long team in our league you know certainly is secondary if I can get a hot team going and last week the key to from my standpoint when it comes to daily fantasy now I'm a fish so this is like a this is like a crappy poker player giving out a poker tip I mean I'm an absolute fish at daily fantasy uh, mm-hmm. is to try to identify the game or games that you think uh, the public is going to think is going to have a chance of being low scoring, and you think from a contrarian standpoint, so you're going to use utilize game theory, is going to wind up going off. And last week, I hit on that big with the Seahawks and Texans. Um, uh... <laughs> and and I mean, I mean, I I, I don't game even here. know who Paul Richardson is. I know I he had I had him on my team, and he was killing it. I had Will Fuller. I had Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think I might add Jimmy Graham, uh, and that's what you got to do in order to win one of these monster, uh, tournaments on draftings. Mm-hmm. is try to figure out the game because naturally people are going to be looking at the Buccaneers and Saints. There's going to be a lot of people playing, you know, whether it be Mike Evans, whether it be Drew Brees, uh, the running backs involved on both teams. So you're exposed to being lumped in with a large amount of people, and that's the risk on it. It's like putting Dustin Johnson or Jordan Spieth on your master's daily fantasy team. So is there a game this weekend, Producer Joe, that even if you're not daily fantasying it, uh, that you go, I think this one is going to be a very high-scoring game, and uh, and therefore you would put a number of players on your DraftKings exposure list for those teams? We've actually,
0: we've actually already talked about the game.
1: Falcons-Panthers?
0: Yep, that's my one yeah. that uh, I can see. Obviously, the Falcons can score. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't think the Sanders' defense is anything special. And they, like I said, they struggle to play well in back-to-back weeks. But I could see that one being a 35-28 game um, and load up on, on Julio and Freeman and Coleman. Uh, Devin Funches, you know, a, a name that before this year, I don't know who was really paying attention to him. But he's going to be their number one there, obviously McCaffrey. And uh, you might get a couple a couple weird scores from Cam somehow one way or another. But I, I think that's a high-scoring game.
1: Yeah, the, the one that, that I'm actually keeping an eye on that's big-time contrarian, um, at least I would think it is because that means you're going to be taking members of this team and putting them on your offense, which you, you have to struggle to find even who you would put on there. I could see the Rams and Giants being the play there. Uh, that the total is only 42, and it dropped from its open at 43 and a half. So again, looking at it from where is there going to be value? In that most people will not be on, you know, most people will be on the Buccaneers and Saints. That totals at 51 and a half. Uh, the Colts and Texans. That one's at 51 and a half. So you may like Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. You may want to go with T. Y. Hilton. Uh, the Colts Mar- are terrible, but and their defense is is horrible. Uh, but again, if you if you have a player that, you know, 25 to 30 percent of the field has, it's not going to do you much good. So there, you do need to have, pick for value and to execute some form of game theory. And so along those dark lines, that's the, that would be the guy uh, yeah. along with potentially if he's healthy because he's going to get a lot of targets, you would think Sterling Shepard uh, and uh, Evan Ingram has been a guy that Eli Manning has been leaning on. So I, I'm I'm going to make my play. Uh, on the Rams and Giants being a high-scoring game, uh, and that's where I'm going to put some DraftKings exposure because otherwise, uh, I don't think you would uh, you would see a number of people with them. And if I do hit, then we're going to be in a good spot. Uh, and the other the other factor then that is that the Giants' running game is so bad. I think they will be throwing the ball, and that helps you get your number of plays for game flow and Gurley certainly gets a lot of touches, but a lot of those come through the air. So uh, I'm going to go with the Rams and Giants being the potential uh, DraftKings play for this weekend if you want to make your uh, your plays accordingly on that. That's where I am going to go. Producer Joe, uh, any other wagering thoughts that you would like you to make sure that our audience is aware of here for picking and groaning?
0: Uh, no, I'm good. I got my soccer games in early, so uh, I, I feel good about those. And, uh I, I feel as though when we come out of the end of this weekend, since you and I have so many games that we've picked opposite of one another, I yeah. will opened up a a comfortable lead uh, in our head-to-head matchup, and I will uh, I will feel great about life. I'm going to go hunting all weekend. You're going and, hunting. Uh,
1: where are you I, going I'm hunting? Going what are you hunting, and where are you going hunting? Uh, I'm doing some bow
0: hunting down in Stonefort, Illinois. It's about two hours, two hours and thirty minutes or so from here. Uh, so I'm I'm leaving here on Friday and. I'll uh, be coming back Sunday afternoon, and uh, we've got a television there, so I'll be able to watch the college games, and I'll be back uh, in time to, to watch the NFL games when I get back home.
1: For the record, uh, you were 33-30 and 30 on your picks this year against the spread, 5-4 and four on locks, so 52 My best points.
0: record after nine weeks ever.
1: Is that right? You actually have data on this.
0: Well, I just know that I've been absolutely miserably terrible and and not above 500. So the fact that I have three games over 500 this year leads me to believe that, yes, in the five or six years that we've been doing this, that this has to have been my best year.
1: 33 and 30, 52.4% against the number, which is really good. I realize people go, it's about 500, but 55% against the spread is certainly successful. Uh, I'm 32 and 31, been uh, rather hot as of late, certainly Mm -hmm. in college, been... uh, been pretty hot. Let's see. I have gone eight and one on this, the the three games we both pick over the last uh, few weeks, the uh, last three weeks, and two and zero on my college locks. Over the last three weeks, the other one was the one I said, the Saints-Packers over, which I did just because Eddie McVeigh, Maggie O'Brien's, picked the uh, Missouri-Idaho one, and I felt like I needed to pick a different lock, but I love Missouri-Idaho, which would have put me at 3-0, and God help me if I lose this by one game, because I'll still be bitching about that (laughs) uh, in January February when we determine that. So, uh, both of us being over 500 is actually pretty good. Again, I realize it's not 60% against the number, but you're going to be hard-pressed to find a lot of people 60% against the number. Uh, So... Perhaps we can trend in that direction. There's going to be movement, like you said. We have the lock, which of course is different, but then we also have five of six of the games we're both picking where we have a difference, which is uh, kind of surprising. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll evaluate it again next week. Picking and groaning with producer Joe. Anything you want to bitch about? I mean, you really haven't bitched about much. I mean, I can bring up Iggy just to just to trigger you.
0: No, you no, know, he's no. I'm good. I did that last Thursday. That th- last Thursday or two Thursdays ago. I don't
1: track when you. And-
0: my, uh, well, when I recorded that, that Swope's whatever, Swope's pick. How did you enjoy Swope's uh, pins? He's really, really an interesting cat. <laughs> uh, that, uh, but no, I was doing it and my significant other looked at If you one and point.
1: him, if you and him both did interviews, I wonder who would ask longer questions.
0: Uh, are you in the competition? Because I, I, I've always been able to take the beating, but. You should do some air checks and listen to some of your questions sometimes because they're, they're, yeah, they're But my dead. questions
1: are wonderful and people care okay, what I well, have yeah, to say. And that's the difference between me and you. <laughs>
0: uh, no, he was an interesting cat. But either way, I, I don't want to bitch about Iggy. Uh, when I was doing that, Swope's Picks, my significant other looked at me and was kind of like, all right, enough. Who I looked at it. you? He's orange. My significant other. Oh,
1: I see. Uh, that, she uh, was listening in on the call? Lo-
0: well, I mean, I was doing it at the house, uh, okay. and uh, we were getting ready to head back to Atlanta that weekend, and so she was packing while I was kind of pacing back and forth. You know, there's only so many times you can call somebody old and orange, I suppose. I, I don't know how many times I called him creepy, but he is the creepiest weirdo. That maybe <laughs> well, I mean, so right the there, you said you weren't
1: going to say anything, and now you've just gone
0: on the attack. I mean, it's... Ah, God, I can't control myself. All right. That's, uh, yeah. No, I, like actually, life is good, and so right now, I don't have anything to bitch about. Give it some time. Right. That, well, know, people, you know, people, we days. did
1: this. This was the Sea Monsters idea, which shows mm-hmm. that there's no competition between producing administrations in morning after morning grind, morning after history. Uh, no,
0: I mean, he's good. I was not so good, so there would be no reason to ever have any animosity whatsoever. Yeah, but whereas the sea,
1: but, but the sea Monster prides himself on not talking. Like, the Sea Monster this morning walked into the studio, and I just assumed we were under attack from North Korea. That was about the only way I thought that he would come into the studio, and it was only because I said a radio consultant was going to uh, AVN's Exotica in New Jersey, and it actually was the wrong person, so we had to issue a correction oh. real quickly. So it was necessary. It was essentially secondary to the North Korean attack. But you. While, but see, that's the thing. I don't really care, and the Sea Monster knows it. But the Sea Monster is getting to spread his wings by producing the podcast because he gets mm-hmm. uh, great guests. But but you were a character, and I feel like because the Sea Monster has zero interest in being on air. And as you know, producer Joe, not that you were desiring to be on air, but a number of people use producing as what they think is the stepping stone to becoming an on-air star. And oh, that's uh, a terrible idea. Yeah, and so that's not the move. But the Sea Monster doesn't want to be on air, so he's focused on producing. But what I was going to say is when it comes to these, these plays, people have been yearning to hear your voice again. And at the time when you were producing, people would hate on you a bunch. But now that you make occasional appearances, it was the Sea Monsters idea to bring you back and do these plays for uh, picking and groaning. Give it two weeks. The people will hate me again. <laughs> but, uh, I'm anxious. to See, now I can actually see reports with the downloads. Like me, Iggy, and Plowboy did questions from the audience, and it got an incredible amount of listens. Uh, so I'm curious. People wanted to hear from you. So let's see if it's backed up with with the numbers. I don't know. I, I, I would imagine it will be based on the success of questions from the audience, and so many people are degenerate <laughs> gamblers. And here's the deal, especially since we picked five or six games where we disagreed, you and I are going to get attacked no matter what. Because we're going right. to pick games, and we're going to be wrong. I mean, hell, we're all excited about being three games over 500 and one game over five hundred. That gives you an idea <laughs> of our expertise. So, uh, you know, you,
0: know, you it, know, a lot of times the, uh, the best gamblers aren't necessarily picking the most games right. It's the ones who have bankroll management.
1: Uh, and I agree. not you
0: don't, you don't have to play every single game. Yeah. that. I mean, we have a format that we pick three NFL, three college, and, and one, one lock. lock it doesn't mean I'm making seven game or seven wagers a week right. that I pick a Missouri game. I throw the Rams in there and then I look for the four best games, two and two that I possibly can, but you don't have to play them all. That's the beauty of it. And you don't have to play all the soccer games. Like, if you feel like Manchester United and, and, and Chelsea is going to be a zero, zero board fest, like, like United and Liverpool were a few weeks ago. Don't play the over, Heck, no. play the under. You don't have to go that way or just sit it out.
1: I, um, uh... that's why I value our lock of the week performance more so because that's the one where we had to go searching and had to go picking. And so the fact that we're only five and four, which again, it's above 500. It's profitable if you've been betting with us, but barely. So I'd like to Mm. ratchet, ratchet that one up. But my two plays of these games that we like, uh, that I like, I should say, this weekend. I do like Florida. I mean, it'd be, I guess, good for Missouri if they could win, but I mean, in the whole scheme of things, what does it matter? Uh, and I, I really do like Florida. I wouldn't wager on LSU-Alabama. I probably wouldn't wager on Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And I do like uh, the Giants getting four against the Rams, and I see some potential for the Chiefs and Cowboys with the Cowboys just because I think that spreads a little weird um, in that one. So, Uh, There it all is. Uh, Producer Joe with Picking and Groaning. This is the first time we've recorded it. Uh, And uh, we welcome your feedback. Of course, you can email me at McKernan at insidestl.com for your picks. And hell, I just might take your wager since I did that on that Dodgers-Astros Game 7 thing and lost money to listeners, which was wonderful. It was brutal. Yeah,
0: that's that's the worst beat I've had uh, that I can. Well, I don't even know if it's a bad beat, but God, it felt so right. Oh, I couldn't agree. That's where I
1: am on it. That's where I am. There was no sweat. It wasn't like there was a runner at third and one out, and it didn't get across. There was no sweat. I was just like, how in the hell was I so wrong on this one? But I mean, the Dodgers were one for thirteen runners in scoring position, and the and the Astros were one for ten. So, I mean, there's there's really the core explanation of the whole thing. Two for twenty three, especially in the early part of the innings.
0: Anyway, and yet. and yet six runs were still scored.
1: Yeah, and so you you with your seven and a half, you were at least close. I wasn't nowhere close. All right, Producer Joe, enjoyed it. Uh, picking right. and groaning, we'll be back, and we'll analyze uh, how we did next week. Thank you, Producer Joe. Bye, buddy. So there he is, the delightful Producer Joe, uh, with the uh, first edition of Picking and Groaning uh, here every Friday uh, on the Tim McKernan Show. I'm anxious to see how this plays out because I, I legitimately feel good. Uh, about a few of these games, and uh, I'm coming off the horrifying Game 7 debacle of the uh, live bet of the over, so I need to bounce back. So if I if I don't hit on this, you can know that uh, times are getting tighter, because uh, I certainly am going to be making some plays. In particular, I really do, as I said, like Florida and the Giants um, of the games, the common games that we pick, so yeah, you know, I mean, it, keep an eye on it, uh, but I, I just, I, you know, we'll see. I just have a feeling Florida's going to come in and play like a totally different football team. And Missouri, uh, you saw what they were like when they weren't playing against UConn and they weren't playing against Idaho. So uh, any thoughts you have are always welcome. Email me, team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Producer Joe will be with us every Friday for Picking and Groaning. And uh, we have a bunch of big interviews coming up here over the next uh, few weeks. We're really looking forward to it. Isaac Bruce uh, is going to be uh, an interview we're going to sit down with Isaac. Uh, next week, Keith Kachuk is going to be an interview. We're going to sit down and do here in the month of November, uh, sat down with Alderwoman woman, Megan green. That is going to be up for you on Monday. So much going on. She introduced a bill, uh, for the decriminalization of marijuana in the city of St. Louis plus all kinds of discussion on her outspokenness when it came to being against the Rams and the stadium against the MLS, uh, stadium Uh, vote, and then also what's going on with the Blues and the upgrades to Scott Trade Center. And that was a good, long, uh, if you're into politics and current discourse and city of St. Louis issues and sporting uh, governmental issues, all of that was covered. It was certainly uh, in-depth with Megan Green, Chris Kerber of the Blues, going to be a uh, long-form interview for you. Uh, As well, that's coming up. So all of this stuff, in addition to questions from the audience, so you can send those in to him at at InsideSTL.com on Wednesdays with Iggy and the Plowboy. And then uh, picking and groaning with Producer Joe every Friday. And ideally, we steer you in the right direction. Uh, And then you'll be able to actually hear Producer Joe pick favorites and overs every week. I I get to see it in his writing, but he picks favorites and he picks overs. That's what he does. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, So enjoy expanding here. It's great to expand a month in. And uh, it's great to see a number of people are listening. Please subscribe and please leave reviews and please support the sponsors. That's all we ask. And we'll keep doing this as we enjoy doing it and bringing it to you. So for my executive producer here on the Tim McKernan show, I'm Tim McKernan. Thanks for listening to another edition of the program. Looking forward to talking to you again next week with Alderwoman Megan Green.